Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Good evening to you, beloved listener of Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM. Uh, thanks for tuning in. My name is Nimrod Mbele, and thanks for allowing me in your space. I can't believe that we are literally left with less than nine weeks before most people wind down in preparations for much-deserved December holiday. Personally, cannot wait uh, to have a moment of deep reflection, which can only be afforded by the tranquility of the bush life in company of Mother Nature and, and less fluff that we often see and hear about on a day-to-day basis. I'm delighted that the Transnet Industrial Action has been called off as Union and Transnet reach amicable solution. Um, sadly, the country lost millions of rents in revenue that is desperately needed to recover the economy. The irony of the industrial action is that it took place in October, a month that is dubbed Productivity Month uh, you know, by Productivity Safety in South Africa. For those that might recall, since 2004, Productivity Month was launched by Productivity SA and the Department of Labor to form part of greater awareness to promote productivity growth uh, in the country. The reality is that, according to IMD, the South Africa's competitiveness has dropped uh, six places in 2019 to 21, and at some point the country was ranking 62 out of 64 countries in 2021, but backslided from 59 to 63 before landing up at number 56 in 2019. You could just see, based on the assessment by the IMD, South Africa has been on a downward um, spiral, so to speak. But the question is, are you surprised that we continue to backslide in this fashion? I'm certainly the economic system is found wanting at the most critical time. Uh, the case in point is load shedding. Uh, without reliable supply of electricity, productivity is the first casualty. Industrial action further undermines uh, any prospects of increasing revenue uh, efforts, and given our fiscal deficit, we are bound to ask loans from, from the World Bank, IMF, and so on and so forth. Believe me, they don't come cheap. I would not be surprised if the rating agencies are already prepared to downwardly revise the sovereign rating. We have noted that in some instances, particularly with regards to state-owned entities, they are, they've already the ratings. Once again, thanks for joining us as we continue to deliberate on economic issues which are meant to change our lives. In this show, we deliberate, we are deliberate in presenting or showcasing success stories here at home and in the continent at large. We do this through our esteemed guest who serves as beacon of light to existing entrepreneurs and those who aspire to a financial independence, so to speak. If you want to hear more of these stories, simply visit our website, which is www.highfm.com. Download any of the podcasts and share your views uh, with us through social media. Our SMS line is 34519. The telegram is 0618951019. Of course, your views and thoughts are most welcome through my Twitter handle, which is an embedded Nimrod. As you know, I'm not flying solo. My co pilot is Vusi Masinga, who is a technical producer of the, of the show. Uh, on that note, Vusi, thank you very much for the sterling work. Before we start the show, on the thrust of the, you know, based on what I've already indicated, I just want to reflect a little bit on the so-called ministerial handbook. We have heard that the president has once again caved in due to public pressure resulting to, you know, a whole lot of issues around the the ministerial handbook. But before the ministerial handbook, 
One has noticed the precedent. In the past, the president um, had to call off uh, the flag um, that was ordered by the Minister of Sports and Recreation. And, you know, at that particular press conference, when he was denouncing the flag, he made it very light uh, on issues of ethics and legitimacy consideration to this is some observation from, you know, individuals who observed that particular incident. I think suppose the biggest question is, we all know that the flag that the, was cancelled, um, majority of the artists could not believe, as majority of, as most of them are languishing in public, which begs the question, why would you have a flag without consulting? Why would you have a flag and later cancel, which clearly suppose or suggests that you have not been thoughtful in your approach? I mean, every single artist that I've spoken to, mind you, I've literally spoken to quite a few, the, the, the bigger question is, don't have much positive to say about the Minister of Sports and, of, and Recreation. But besides, let's put aside the, the, the scandals regarding the flag. The bigger question is, how many ministers in the current cabinet are worthy of the assault? That's the big question that everybody is often asked about. In my view, you know, you don't have to become a political analyst to decipher that question. You'll be lucky to have a handful of cabinet ministers who are worthy of the salt. My diagnosis is fairly simple, meritocracy. All know that in absence of a deployment of skillful and competent officials, you cannot expect service delivery. Simply cannot have sound administrators in your state-owned entities, local government and public administration in general without pursuing aggressively the notion of meritocracy. And once again, the president was lambasted over the ministerial handbook, which has learned the packs of the ministers. We hear that uh, some deputy ministers and ministers were entitled to free water and electricity at their residences, in addition to employ more personal, uh, you know, personal staff. This clearly suggests that, you know, some decisions um, are taken rashly and to a point where the president's considerations or thoughts are, are being questioned. But I suppose we'll give it, we have to give it to him. When there's a public outcry, he caved in, he cancelled. You know, I suppose that's one could, that could be one uh, positive sign that we're seeing. But the point is, you don't have to be lambasted. You don't have to experience public outcry for you to cave in. That's something that the president needs to really consider uh, moving forward. But again, as we are looking at this particular issue, one cannot comprehend that a parkist lifestyle politician amends poverty. It is very difficult to blame unions for embarking on industrial actions when their counterpart lives, you know, lavish lifestyle. One can draw a direct correlation between exorbitant salaries demanded by unions and extravagant lifestyle of politicians. In my view, if ethical leadership was at the helm, the president would have not recalled any of the item simply because um, he has been attuned. The mere fact that it takes public outcry and condemnation or, on, on such initiatives, you know, does not inspire confidence. But be that as it may, this is not a political science class or a conversation. One just needs to reflect on those critical issues. In today's conversation, we are we are talking about the upcoming inaugural African Women Conference and Expo hosted by the African Women in Trade, which is scheduled to take place from the 20th to 22nd of October in Cape Town. To this end, I am joined by Oliver Fortune Chigorze, I hope I'm pronouncing the name properly, who is an entrepreneur, author, and global speaker. 
and business strategies. I'm also joined by Joy Machungu Zenz, who is a founder of African Women in Europe and a CEO of African Women in Trade in Africa and, uh, and Europe. Without any waste of time, let me take this opportunity to welcome my guests. Welcome to Beyond Governance. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you so much. Good, good evening and uh, thank you uh, to your listeners. Absolutely. Before we kickstart a conversation, one could argue or say, you know, congratulations are in order for pulling what appears to be a mega project. Yes, I agree with you. It's a major project and uh, we are happy to, to be initiating it here, as you said, Africa Women in Trade uh, Conference and, and actually exhibition and really highlighting the pro- topics that you just mentioned there. Maybe we're expecting too much from the government. Maybe we should start doing things on the ground. So this is exactly why we are very excited to be here as well as uh, being the first time in South Africa. It's also quite exciting to be here in Cape Town. In addition to what my CEO just mentioned, uh, I think it's, it's, it's uh, this time how do we uh, do business continuity um, to, um, after uh, COVID-19, but also how do we develop uh, Africa? We need to the inclusion of um, women and youth, and that's why we say we as South Africa, we are ready we are ready to uh, implement the AFCFTA um, 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 the ACFTA uh, doing business in Africa, uh, one single market opportunity. Uh, so that's why I'm hosting this um, inaugural conference uh, in Cape Town. And I'm happy to be part of this great initiative that will be able to empower because we can't develop Africa without women and youth. And also looking at the value chain, as you were mentioning that, uh, in your opening that uh, we don't need um, just an, uh, a special analyst to analyze uh, some of the um, the weaknesses of the state, but we need to um, rally each other behind and how do we develop by coming together, having meaningful collaborations to address the issues of unemployment, uh, to address the issues of economic growth, but the, also the issues, the social issues that we as a continent are facing. So I'm happy to be part of this and thank you and thank you to your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision making. Welcome back. This is Beyond Governance. We are just about to start our very interesting conversation with my uh, esteemed guests. We've got Oliver Fuchi-Gonzore, who is an entrepreneur, author, global speaker and business um, strategist. We're also joined by Joy Chungu Zenz, who is a founder of African Women in Europe and the CEO of African Women in Trade and African Market in Europe. Um, it's a very loaded, there's quite a big, you know, title that uh, my esteemed guests really carry. It goes to show the extent to which they are engrossed in what is happening in the continent and elsewhere. Before we took that quick break, you were just giving us a sense of the magnitude of the project, as it were. But for purpose of the listener, what would you say are the objectives of the conference? I know at some point we spoke about, you know, unemployment, poverty. We've just passed maybe without, you know, second guessing your thoughts. You know, the listener a bit of confidence as to what is the overall objective of the conference and an expo. 
As you mentioned, the, the main thing as of even thinking of starting an expo was to work with women and youth under AFCFT. So one of our main objectives is to make sure that we have a market access uh, for the women who are coming to do business and uh, in terms of trading beyond borders. And this comes also across borders as well. And we are very excited that that objective was already achieved right from the formation of African Women in Trade, which is one year and a half years old now, and now we are now coming physically to meet in person. And one of the objectives to really now see the products and services and what opportunities are there in South Africa for the women in Africa. Over 25 business uh, countries are going to be represented as well. The other objective is that we are going to to really find out uh, what is the the, the policies uh, that are uh, on the on the plan, how are they effect, affecting the women and youth in business uh, on the ground, and how can we make sure that these policies, including the government in, themselves, are uh, putting them accountable and finding solutions for some of these uh, uh, these these issues. And more more objectives. Uh, Oliver with me here is going to share more, which is a big uh, achievement that we want to do: women and youth working together, which is something that we encourage a lot and how the women also are going to work together in the future in terms of empowering each other. As you all know, uh, macro, uh, micro, uh, small, medium enterprise is made of women. And, um, and we know these are the ones that are holding the economy of the country. So this is part we're going to be really, really uh, working very hard to make sure how can we create jobs by involving the, the youth to work with the women? Because as you know, they're very well skilled, they're very well educated, and they are lacking jobs. And we know creation of jobs don't just come out of anywhere, uh, they come from businesses. And working with the women to understand how they can uh, have these businesses uh, in a way that they can work with the youth is something that we are really focusing on. So we are working also with the universities here in Cape Town as well in, in achieving some of this. Um, thank you so much um, to my CEO, Madam Joy, for the great submission in regards to the objectives. Um, just to emphasize on the objective, um, this event is not for everyone, but it's for those that want to elevate themselves to the next level, that are ready to trade um, under AFC, AFTA. And uh, there's one thing I appreciate that we can learn from uh, the lockdown, from, from the pandemic, is that um, one should have critical thinking, but one should also collaborate. And we are inspired by the goal 17 of the um, of the Millennium Development Goals that talks about um, partnerships. And it is through meaningful collaborations um, that we can be able to achieve um, our objectives. Um, our events uh, it's, it sets apart what any other events are doing because we are looking at the entire value chain. So the ecosystem, uh, you're mentioning the government, but also the government cannot get paid. Nobody gets paid if we don't have entrepreneurs. That's why we have to develop a, um, a number of uh, more entrepreneurs um, so that we can be able to create uh, the much-needed jobs. So we have um, the sector-specific mentors coming to this conference. We have your B2B sessions and buyers. Uh, we have our investors uh, coming through. We have the government coming through. We have a couple of ministers. We also have His Excellency, the SG of the Africa-African Agreement, so that we can be able to have a robust 
dialogue. And also we have been talking, but I think it's time for action. That's why, hence, we have uh, this conference so that we can be able to start addressing um, those issues um, that women and youth entrepreneurs are facing, but also, as we say, looking at the entire um, ecosystem. So this is a must-attend event, I must, I must say. And yes, we are ready to trade under AFCFTA. Very interesting uh, insight, which I think would um, instigate a lot of appetite amongst the listeners. I certainly hope um, those that, that can make and obviously come through. Maybe by way of reflection, you've raised a number of important issues. Firstly, you're saying the conference will, among others, deal with access to market in the context, obviously, of the Africa Free Trade Agreement. There's also um, talking about youth and women. Uh, you also talk about partnership with universities. You also talk essentially the entire ecosystem, which include investors, government officials, businesses, and so forth. So there's quite a bit that is obviously been there. One of the, I suppose the follow-up question would have been, and again, based on the lineup that you have clearly articulated, I've seen we have the, you know, few minutes, well, I've seen we have a minister in the presidency, we've got the Minister of COGDA, which is the which is in Minizuma. We've got the SG of the Free of the um, Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement, Womkelemene, and you've got the likes of Sol Molobi. So this is quite an interesting lineup of guests. Tell us through the thinking behind this type of lineup. I'll let this time Oliver start because okay. it's very important that he, we hear it from the youth as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, thank you so much for that great question uh, for your audience. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, that we're looking at the entire, essentially the entire ecosystem. And you mentioned uh, your your last uh, speaker, um, uh, Brasoma Lobby, who um, have extensive experience within the government and private sector. Uh, recently bought, uh, wrote three books. One of them is Public Diplomas. How do we rebrand Africa? But brand position our our country as well as South Africa to the entire world. There's this negative perception about Africa. And also we, uh, as a, um, if you look at the arms of the state and the provincial government, national government, there is a lot of working apart instead of working together. Uh, recently we had a, there was a trip that was made by um, the, uh, the recently ex-provincial um, 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 uh, um, leader or, or provincial pre- premier of the Houting province, um, uh, um, Honorable David Makura, it was to Germany and Netherlands to promote Houting province as, as one of the best destination cities in the world. But just two weeks after that, we had West Crow and Western Cape provincial government. They made the same trip, different messaging, uh, same country, same people. Uh, and that's um, that's one of the challenges. But how do we rebrand Africa? How do we rebuild Africa? How do we inspire um, entrepreneurs or women and youth to become to become multinationals, uh, such as uh, Ford in America or Google? Uh, so, so the design thinking behind the speakers was done based on the the outcome that we need, which is to address, um, as we mentioned earlier, the issues of access to markets. If you look at our exhibitors, these are women and youth that are ready to trade under FC. They already have ready-made product. And, and also, 
also by the other need was that without uh, these meaningful collaborations, we cannot be achieve the objective. There's the issue of policy. How do we form, formulate policies that are conducive uh, for women and youth businesses? Um, conducive policies with regards to movement of goods and services across the continent and beyond. The issue of certification of our goods, value addition to industrialization. One of the biggest challenge, you see, uh, I think we should start paying our, our farmers well, and mostly they come and buy our products with less money, and we can't even, you know, break even from our producers, which is mostly women. Uh, so this was based on that thinking, how do we address um, the issues with the holistic uh, solution, whether it's police, um, whether it's uh, the issue of financing, um, 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 whether it's the issue of expansion, but also uh, market access, um, intellectual property and innovation. Um, so B2B, how do we um, connect and bring um, bring uh, businesses um, are together. So that's why we have the hands, uh, the arms of the state. We have uh, the regional bodies. Um, and we also even have United Nations women as well as, as, yeah, as part of the, um, the line up of, of, of speakers. So this is really, um, as we mentioned earlier, it's about how do we have a holistic approach to the challenges that we're facing as a continent and to rebrand and rebuild Africa and do business under AFCFTA. Yeah, just to add on that, because uh, we we are very very particular who is who was coming to speak uh, on our in our conference for the three days. Each speaker that is coming is is bringing value to the women, and those are the topics that Oliver just mentioned. There will be all the speakers have something to offer. A little bit different from uh, uh, most of the events people go. Uh, this event is really focused on action and our plan. And the whole idea is that when you come to the exhibition, we are uh, working to see what level are you, because everyone is at different level. Some of them are coming very curious. They will have something to start from. And those ones who have already started, they have a next level. So our guest speaker range not only from just here in you, in, in, in Africa. We also attracted uh, global markets that B2Bs that are going to happen who are ready to see what are these products are ready for the market because we do have ready products ready to go even to international markets uh, because markets should not be limited. But are we selling the right product? Are we selling raw materials? No, we, the whole idea of the AFCFT to sell uh, value-added products, and we do have them existing and packaging, creating jobs. By the end of this event, all the speakers were coming, and not only talking about only only about um, uh, AFCFTA, we're also focusing also on other regional blocks. These are Comessa. We have commercial women coming, women from Somali coming here to see what are the oppor- opportunity for buying products. Women from Kenya, how can we engage into trade? So we are, all the speakers who are coming in are going to help the women to or change them, think different, have a different mindset uh, by the end of the day. And this is a, actually a call of action that we've asked every uh, entrepreneur who is coming. Uh, it is, they have really um, managed to come here on their own, uh, meaning we are not uh, a non-profit, uh, we are not a non-profiting organization. We, we are profiting organization, meaning we're creating environment, enabling environment for trade. So they have covered all their costs to come, which is totally different mindset 
interested when somebody else offers you these uh, services for free. By the time you come out from this event, you really need to know why you came. And so, so we're excited. We are, have a lot of over over four four hundred or six hundred people coming, and they, uh, and it's going. It's increasing by the day, and exhibitors already with products. So, and uh, the, the speakers are well selected. So we're not going to disappoint you. Absolutely, that sounds quite awesome indeed. Uh, one of the issues that you raised, which I think I just want to perhaps maybe focus on, is over and above the access to capital, there's also access to, to expertise. We know that uh, some of the entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in the continent, you know, for them to elevate their brands or to elevate the products, they need um, technical expertise, they need financial um, access to financial capital. Um, how do you propose to help? individuals who, who who need access to not only capital but technical um, expertise? It's a very good question and actually it's the why we are here today. And um, according to our research, and this is research is done within our networks, not beyond. As I said, we are working with design thinking, what are the women wanting? And we may coming from Germany over 20 years, I would not know what are the needs of the whole continent. I only know Kenya, that where I come from. But uh, when did we did this research and the report came out, capital was not the first issue that the women wanted. Uh, it's a mindset thing. It's about market access. And you and I will agree. If you sell as a business person, you make money to be able to grow to the next level. So capital was not in the, uh, in the, in the, in the high priority because they had the products. Uh, so many organizations have come to the continent and have been able to help them to develop the product, but they didn't show them the markets. So that's the position we found the women and the youth at. And these are talking about great products, tea, coffee, uh, for, from, from Kenya, tea from Nigeria, you name it, leather bags. And these are the things that we are seeing at the moment. So capital has not been an issue for the women because they want market access. And this is the message we are, we are not saying they don't need finance. Finance is needed whenever you start to want to start a business. But when you want to grow as well, you need capital. But how can you grow without max, market? Demand is driven. So what we, we have ch- changing our women mindset is to make sure that we have demand before we produce a product. What is it needed before you produce? Because if you produce a product and it's selling in your continent, even in the regional country where you are in, you can be able to grow to the next one because it's in demand. And this is a mindset where we find a lot of issue in the continent and women and businesses that products are being created without demand and makes it market selling very hard. And when even the banks give them the money, you will not get any markets because they are not there. They are not needed. So let's do design thinking even when you're creating a product. And this is a whole concept and why we're here for market access. Capital will be followed after once we, we have the market. When you know you can sell, an investor will always be there for you, whether the bank or individuals, investors. This is the concept you're bringing uh, at the moment. Absolutely. These are very interesting um, thought processes which suggest that you have been able to, um, you know, process ex- the the product and services uh, based on your research findings, um, which is quite interesting. But personally, the follow-up, I mean, access to market, it's a big issue because we do know that uh, there are market gatekeepers there. Um, it will be interesting to see how you, you are able to, uh, you know, break those those barriers, um, you know, around the market. Uh, the other biggest issue is the intellectual property. 
because we do know that the you know i suppose that could be answered through legislation a lot of african products can't sell or promote their products purely because there are issues around intellectual property could you just take us through those two critical domains how do you support businesses amidst the gatekeepers from the market and uh, challenges around intellectual property which hinders african success particularly in the context of the free trade agreement that was launched two years ago yeah i'll let you I'll let oliver continue with that question but one part before she, he comes in uh, is about the trademark and it's very important we are engaging with very big stakeholders who are already in the uh, in the market let's talk about um uh, uh, for the for the fact when you're looking into global market let's look at low hanging fruits AFCFT has started, but is it able to reach a continent? Not yet, but maybe some markets are outside and easy because of logistic issues. So we are talking about trademark here, and we are talking about uh, certifications like like fair trade. So what we do, we get the experts to come in. And right now, even you are having conversation with countries uh, with Vipro. Vipro is one that has offers a lot of international uh, inter uh, copyrights and um, uh, as well as trade trademark as well for them and we have already started engagement and actually they were supposed to come in here unfortunately because of our partnership was very very short notice and uh, then we will be following up again next, early next year is something in the preparation so we are engaging with a with a really really uh people who are going to bring big small but also big impact and i say if we start one path and it's working for the women which we are on the right track now we are here to see the products to see where are the needs because we don't want to go with the with the will will of the world saying this is the issue there. No, we want to see it on the ground. That's why we're here and we begin Cape Town to see the product and see now what's the next step. And then we deal with the tackle. Design thinking again. Back to you, Oliver. Take a quick break. We'll come back. Just hold on to that beautiful thought. We'll come back just in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision making. Welcome back. Uh, this is Beyond Governance. I'm joined by Oliver Fortune Chikonzori, who is an entrepreneur, author, and global speaker, business and business strategies. We also joined by Joy Machungu Zenz, who is a founder of African Women in Europe and a CEO of African Women in Trade. The conversation centers around the inaugural African Women Conference and Expo that will be taking place from the 20th to the 22nd of October in Cape Town, based on the the lineup, I mean, there's a number of prominent individuals that are that will be coming through. Before we took that a break, Oliver was about to give us a sense on some of the challenges that are typically faced by entrepreneurs. Um, and you know, before I rudely interrupted him, you know, due to the break, I would have wanted him to just give a sense on obviously the role of government from a policy and macro policy point of view. That is understandable. There was also an issue around, um, you know, intellectual property, um, which is a biggest issue that faces most of the African entrepreneurs, particularly when you're looking at uh, continental trade. This is your opportunity to share those thoughts with us on on navigation strategies that this particular conference is going to empower entrepreneurs to you know to really uh, leverage on what joy alluded to as low-hanging fruits thank you so much i also just like to add as well um 
to the solution uh, because um, um, our CEO here, she's also, I mean, one of the previous questions was with regards to technical expertise. How do we bring this expertise to support and grow our entrepreneurs? And that's why Joy is back in Africa. 20 years of being in Europe, um, started Africa Women in Europe, which is one of the organizations that she started a few years ago, organizing the women, um, the African women in Europe, uh, to be able to bring back their expertise um, and knowledge, um, to be able to mentor other women back in Africa. That's why, hence, launching um, this event at the southern tip of Africa. Uh, so part of, of what we do as African Women in Trade um, is to address the issues of technical expertise. Uh, we have projects that we planning to do in Uganda and other countries where we'll be training um, these women. For example, uh, one of the products that we sell is shea butter, uh, shea nilotica, which is uh, 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 cold pressed and picked by uh, women. And these women, they can only do it um, through smaller scale, but training them, um, we're providing technical skills, but also looking at the value chain. Um, uh, and this can only be done by coming together and bringing back the expertise we have in Europe. Coming down to the two questions you just mentioned, one of how do we influence police? I, I think, for example, giving South Africa as an example, we don't have the issue of good policies. I think we have an issue of implementation, and, and I think we also have a lot of issue of bureaucracies. Um, and I think it's something that we really have to have this um, dialogue and to help the government accountable. And I think as entrepreneurs, if we can come together, it helps us to be able to, you mentioned ethical leadership before uh, earlier, and that we, we as entrepreneurs have to help the government accountable. There's another issue and a little bit frustrated from the big corporates, one of our biggest, I'm not going to mention the name here before I get into trouble. In South Africa, it's a financial institution that, I mean, they still have, you and I understand the history uh, that is painful of South Africa. And sometimes they stop us, don't talk about it. But it's crucial because they still want to exploit our entrepreneurs. They still want to exploit our women and youth. And it's something that we really have to address. But how do we address it? I think that's the question here. And it's, we address it by bringing um, different stakeholders, sector-specific mentors, but also have this government on the table. And um, I'm happy that uh, through the work of African Women Trade and its partners, um, some women were sponsored to participate at this event, which allows them access to information, access to dialogues. Um, we can also get inputs uh, from them about challenges that they are facing and how we can address them. Even as we talk about how do we sell our pro products beyond, uh, like my mother was born in Mutubik, Pumalang, selling uh, potatoes and vegetables. But nowadays, because of digitalization, we are now able to sell beyond our own uh, community. Uh, so, so by coming together, having this dialogue, um, with different sex stakeholders, including sector-specific members, but also the arms of the state. That can help us to address some of the challenges. We may not be able to address it at one day, but the conference itself, six, we know it's just an activity, but it's six uh, to build meaningful collaborations and run programs that looks uh, beyond the event. The event, yes, help us to come together, um, sharing of knowledge, 
and address issues, but we also need to look at the implementation. So after the event, so what? So we as Africans have been talking, it's time uh, for action now. Uh, that's why that youth and women program that we have developed, uh, that will be launched at this event, and we need to start implementing it and start making a difference. One step at a time, and we'll get there by working together. Thank you. Now, very interesting uh, insight uh, that you've shared with us, the Oliver. One critical issue that you've raised, which I think is going to be a currency, if it is not already a currency for economic growth, that is that of collaboration. Joy, at some point, I think I've read an article which was written by Joy at the bottom, and she says, together we are stronger. Together we're stronger as a motto is premised on the assumption that one is able to manage collaboration, manage uh, uh, networks. It's more of an art. It's more of a way of dealing with complexities. So what would you say would be the benefit? How do you intend to support entrepreneurs around uh, collaboration as a currency? Because without collaboration, you can't do much. That's a very good one, and it's right. Our motto, African Women in Europe, is uh, together we are strong, and for the African mentality is Ubuntu. Uh, we are because I am because we are. It's something that uh, it's something that fascinates me how we humans really don't take that serious. And I like you the way you call it the currency because it is the only way to get. You cannot know everything unless you have so many life. I mean, life cycle in this world to know all that. That's why we need to partner. And on this event, and even now, let's not talk about yeah, right now. The way we are do, we have formed this event itself, it's about partnership between the youth and the and, and the women. And we are actually piloting this right now with Oliver on the youth, a representative on the youth, and I on the African women in Europe. I'm learning so much from him. He's learning so much from me as well. So, and this collaboration starts already from the house. Let's just start looking at our house, and this is what we are telling the women, especially when you go to digital trade. It's very most of the African women trade we operate digitally, so you need to have a little bit idea of having a WhatsApp, a Facebook, and even joining a Zoom. Why don't we start collaboration right now with your children? As you know, African style, we don't involve our children in the business. This is something that I've experienced totally different on the other side of the world, where you have everybody involved in it, even going to courses and universities to come and replace the family so that the generation wealth can continue. So what you find out is most of the businesses in Africa, they die from the second or third generation because they were not integrated early. So the women who are coming right now, I'm telling them to talk to their own sons, to talk to their own nephew, and anybody around there because the youth are the key to support the women in, in, in trade. And when you think about an entrepreneur woman, she's very good at preparing her product. And we are talking about micro business. So we are thinking about if you're going to talk about trade with all these policies, that is already too much. How can we help them to digest this or find a way of working with a, with a collaborative partner on or accelerator or but letting them do exactly what they're good at at presenting the product. Exactly that's what it is about this, the, the event we have here. We have taken the youth and, and coming from the university are going to be partnered together with the, all exhibitors who are coming. And I'm encouraging if you're a university person and you really want to step up on this, reach out to us if you're in Cape Town. 
and you have a, you have, you want to know what is this entrepreneurship because it's never taught in, taught in school and how to do businesses and to even to get to contact with business people. So we are having youth and the entrepreneur working together and they'll be having an exit because we want to release the entrepreneur also to come and gain a lot from the conference because it's a con- combination of two. As much as they, they're going to get uh, B2B businesses, they need to also be part of the conference. And through that conversation that will start really early, it's going to really start from there. That's the first partnership. And then we look at the next level. Which partnership? As Africa Women in Trade, we've partnered with so many. We have written, I don't know how many MOUs have we written, Oliver? I don't know how many. Because <laughs> that was our, our base Base. Um, we cannot hold a whole uh, exhibition or expo here with without even partnering people from here. And uh, we are very happy. The UN Women stepped in very quickly and supported us. We are also working with Kenya Airways that are already given us opportunities for flights for some people to come in as well. We have also other women like, like Comesa. We are bringing their women, as I mentioned, because this network comes already from the already existing uh, organization because what we do, African Women in Trade, we are not reinventing the wheel. We are working with already existing organizations. So we have worked also with uh, with uh, SADC, some of the SADC organizations as well. They are bringing their women as well with their expertise to exhibit the, the product. So partnership is who is there and your network. And if you come to such an ex- exhibition or expo today uh, or the next time, whenever there is any networking, that's when you start partnership getting to know each other face to face. And this is what I'm happy that we are able to do that here in Cape Town, that we're going to meet in face to face for the first time. And to confirm that I only met Oliver <laughs> recently yesterday. I've never met him face to face because we, in, we need to, in trade, you need to meet someone. You need to start the conversation, building relationship, and then partnership follows up. So it's a continuous uh, activity. Uh, partnership, I have to say, it comes with a challenge. Uh, as well, and we have also experienced our challenges when you're trying to partner. That is part of the process of, of, of really working with the right people in the right and the, and the right people come. Trust me, we, mm. we are very happy about that. Just in addition, um, so recently I was at the airport and I met this young entrepreneur and she came to me and she said, um, how, how do you, uh, what kind of advice do you give to an entrepreneur who want to uh, build a, a million dollar a company. So I said two things. One is um, knowing how you want to make your money, have a goal. But number two is by association. And one of the work that we do is to teach on doing business in Africa where there's influence of culture or the value for entrepreneurs, the value of your network. They say your network is your net worth. And lastly, um, there's a company in Netherlands uh, um, that is called BrainPod. And all what they do, they organize annual exhibitions um, uh, once a year. And these annual exhibitions where they do master classes, workshops, where they bring entrepreneurs all over the world, really as about knowledge sharing, but to also learn from each other. So we as an organization, we're creating platforms such as this event. We also do virtual webinars where we do information sharing, but we allow the opportunity uh, for entrepreneurs to really network because when we come together, even at this event, we are creating a market, we are creating a demand among ourselves. We can also learn from each other. A master's degree student is sitting here 
only using 10% of what he learns from school, but he learned most of it from other entrepreneurs and fellow entrepreneurs. So really the issue of how do we best support our women and youth entrepreneurs to be able to network is by creating uh, these kind of platforms. This is the beginning, and we're going to do more across the continent. Thank you. More indeed. Uh, thank you once again for, for that insightful engagement on very pertinent issues that when explored extensively stand a very good chance of addressing the aspirations of the um, African Intercontinental Free Trade Agreement because that is where, you know, the tie hits the road. We can't talk mega conception without really making sure that these kinds of engagements that you have uh, put on the floor are actually bearing fruit. Um, as a follow-up, perhaps maybe, you know, because you, you, you've indicated to me that you, you've got women from Uganda, Kenya, and so on and so forth. Naturally, the market is obviously has to be staggered. You're looking at, you know, the, the bulk market of the continent is more of an informal sector. To what extent are you harnessing that energy or migrating a greater proportion of those that are those that are into informal sector, so to speak. How do you migrate those, or is there a clear strategy to migrate those that operate informally, so to speak, to a point where they become formalized and they are able to fulfill the regulatory um, regulatory and governance expectation for them, you know, to begin to live. Your thought process in that? I always ask this question, why everybody, in South Africa, you look at supermarkets such as ShopRite, will serve even spa. Why everybody are focused on the informal sector and the, your locations? Um, it's because of the buying power, and that's where our consumers are. But how do we capitalize and how do we support um, and formalize uh, these sectors? That's why we have the Minister of Corporate Governance, Dr. Honorable Zuma, who touches on the different municipalities, but also traditional affairs, where really these informal sectors and, and these in, um, informal sectors, they really live. So by, by having that inclusion and have them on the, on the table, we can be able to address um, the challenge that they are facing. But as, as an organization, Africa Women Trade don't just really look at one angle. We look at hand-holding support. So from the farmers, from the farmers that are producing, um, for example, uh, in Uganda, um, um, that are producing uh, cold press uh, shea uh, nilotika, to, by training them with that technical expertise and, 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 and support, but also by really product development and value add to their product, but also handhold them. So we link them to the markets, but we also look at um, any challenges that they may need uh, and how do we formalize them by bringing, again, stakeholders that can help with certification. For example, if it's, if it's Canada and America's, um, if, and if you are selling agriculture, organic natural products or cosmetics, you have to be certified by Ecoset. Uh, Madam Joy talked about uh, fair trade, but really others uh, or uh, such international organizations that help in doing certification. So by we as an organization, through our partnership with other organizations, um, that's really how we can be able to address these issues. So we have to look at the challenge from a holistic point of view and bring about an integrated uh, solution to the challenge that we are facing. We have two examples. One of 
the young entrepreneur we've partnered with that really focused on governance in South Africa is Govern IT. But we also have another success story, which is Bomabele Holdings, that we handheld within two months from 933 runs um, business. Uh, she has managed to grow up to uh, more than half a million rand within two and a half months. So we supply product to, uh, to her, but we also help her with um, developing that product and even branding it and taking it to the market. That's why uh, we need uh, more partnership, but we also need more support, not just from the government, but from the private sector. And we are appealing that we have been talking, but this is a call to action that now we really have to join hands and handhold and build the Africa that we want. Thank you. Yeah, just to add just a few points there, really, informal sector to formal. I mean, that's why we have this program, Women in Youth. For me, this is a game changer. And uh, digitalization is the way to go right now. The world is changing. Uh, we have to catch up with it. And I, I have to tell Africa, you advance when it comes to digitalization, please. You're much advanced. In some countries like Germany, we, they are struggling as much as uh, they, are, they are very much advanced in terms of other things. Digitalization is very much not advanced. And what we are seeing right now is how using the tools, especially the apps, the payment systems the, 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 that are already existing, these are the ones, we have one which is Farmers Network, which is analyzing the business right away from the, from, from the farm to, uh, to, to agronomists, all the way to, 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 to them, to finding out the certificates. For example, they are working with friends of the earth, friends of water, is also another certification, which advance them again to the market access. And this more small certification that we're seeing already on our platform happening is something that we got. But I still want to emphasize that the combination of the women and youth is a way to get out from the informal sector. I cannot insist more. That's the way to get out. Absolutely. Uh, perhaps maybe as we wind down, uh, wind down our conversation, I just want to quickly to reflect on the role of, of uh, media or communication for the uh, the posturing of the continent, the extent to which the continent has been perceived elsewhere has not been negative. How important is the role of media or do you have media partnerships uh, whose work is to uh, project the, the continent or these kinds of initiative in a positive light so that you are able to um, harness a, additional funding or additional partnerships um, in the continent and elsewhere? Can you just quickly reflect on the role of the media and the extent to which you are partnered with the media to reverse the, neg- the negative uh, projection that we have seen and we continue to see elsewhere in the world? I mean, I have to really mention very important media where it comes from, where they're so important for us. One of our first pillar, which I, I only mentioned a few on the market access, that's where we are here for, is information. Number one is information. We realize that women don't get information and the media comes very, very handy on that because if there is no information, how would you know there is the existence of so many businesses? So, and, and, and solutions and, and ideas, we are, we are seeing more going the people going to the social media where they get a lot of information. We cannot underestimate that. It's a lot of way of even advancing. But the media where you play a big role, especially with the AFCFTA, is really sharing about 
what is AFCFT to the to the to the channels that you have. Let the people understand what it means to them because this is a big changer for the continent. And for me as an individual, my work is to make sure that they know about all the information where we send on a daily basis that we receive. We know some information are never correct, but the information we share at African Men in Trade, we get it right away from our from 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 the organizations themselves, the partnership organization, and we share with them directly. And we would wish more of this. The media would really focus, get out of politics a little bit and go a little bit into business. <laughs> that we can get more information. This is the most useful information that they need. Absolutely. Um, Just look, we, we're going to have to leave it here. Perhaps maybe, um, uh, uh, what, uh, could it just perhaps maybe let me give, um, Oliver a, a quick reflection, literally in, in, in a minute or two. Let's, let's wrap up. Yeah, I just wanted to to really emphasize. I mean, you just uh, take it from my tongue. I think one of my the last questions um, uh, that I, I heard um, two years ago was with regards with the role of media. And um, yes, so media is very very crucial to to our work and how we can engage the different media partners uh, to work with to be able to project um, the work that we are doing. So media plays a very 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 um, crucial role in our work. Um, that's why we are partnering with Jumbo Africa going to be partnering with you guys, um, Africa 24 and the rest, in order for us to be able to have an inclusive uh, messaging when we rebrand um, uh, this um, um, uh, this uh, this continent. And um, I actually want to invite all the other media house, including yourselves, to join us on Saturday the 22nd of October when we wrap up the conference, coming up with the resolutions on what we're going to be doing and what programs are we going to be running in addressing these issues going uh, forward. So media is a very, very uh, major role that it can play to rebrand Africa. And also what we also want to do uh, in the near future is also to start doing podcasts. That's where the young people can come in and work with the women uh, because the way of messaging as well. Uh, the lastly, when I was working for Cape Media Corporation, I had a, um, a conversation in 2014 whereby they were telling me that uh, we encourage you to go stand in on our behalf because people don't trust us as media. So, yes, so we would like um, uh, media to engage and we would like to engage the media uh, with us more um, in our work in advancing um, our work on the continent. Thank you so much and thank you for the opportunity. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you very much for coming through. It has been absolutely a pleasure to have you, both of you. I think um, we have established a rapport. Uh, we certainly will be, you know, in, in contact with yourself just to understand the you know the the aftermath of the conference and and what are the programs that you would have put in place so that we can uh, facilitate current uh, uh, currency that we've spoken about we're gonna deliver it here um thank you very much for for coming through thank you thank, thank you for you. the opportunity thank you and see you on 20th absolutely uh, there you are that was oliver fortune uh Godzora, who is an entrepreneur and author, global speaker, as well as a business strategist, joined by Joy Matsungu Zenz, who is a founder of African Women in Europe and the CEO of African Women uh, in Trade, giving us very interesting uh, thought processes uh, relating to uh, the inaugural African Women Conference and Expo that is taking place uh, in Cape Town uh, from, from, the 20, from the 20th to the 22nd. 
uh, of October. We're gonna leave it here and let's hope them let's let's wish them all nothing but the best. Um, and until we meet again, shalom. Thank you. Thank you.